House of Prayer Bible Study. I am your host, Dayla Smith. I want to start something new in my podcast and my Bible study. I want to open up in prayer because without his anointing, it's just useless. And I need him to speak to you and to me. Father, we come before you this day and we thank you for your word, Lord. Father, give us hearts to hear, hearts to receive your word, and help us hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, amen. I am so glad that you could join me today. We are still discussing the outline Jesus created with the Lord's Prayer. Today we are going to talk about what he said in Matthew 6.10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So first, we create an atmosphere of prayer. We do a soul check and repent of any sin that we have committed. Ask for his forgiveness. Forgive those who have sinned against us. Then we thank him for his forgiveness. We must always come before him with a spirit of gratitude. We must acknowledge his holiness and his dwelling place. Now he says to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow, this verse alone can preach a message for days. I am so excited when I tell you they are good. I can't come up with this stuff all by myself. I stay at the feet of Jesus for this stuff. If even the angels practice staying at his feet, how much more so should we? Thy kingdom come, or should I say in today's English, your kingdom come. Remember, the Lord is the King of kings and Lord of lords. There is none like him. What is his kingdom? It is twofold, or two parts. It is a place. It is also his word. How can I say it is a place and yet his word? What do I mean by this? Simple. Because of these two passages alone, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John fourteen three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So you see, Jesus is the kingdom of God. John the Baptist declared it. As a baby in the womb, he leapt for joy because of him. Luke 1, 41-44 And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Let's look at Mark 1, 15, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Yes, we are still discussing the kingdom of God. Jesus, the word, is preparing a place in himself, the very kingdom of God. So how do we access the kingdom of God? Well, Mark states it very simply and matter-of-factly. Repent. We must change our decision on whom we will follow. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. This is not a list of don'ts. It is a list of what to avoid at all costs. Isaiah declared his choice when he came into the presence of the Lord. We must acknowledge that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. Ask for his forgiveness. Thank him for it. Forgive those who have offended us. Then let him influence our choice-making decisions. This is how we acknowledge the kingdom of God and gain access to it and all of its amenities. Then we have to acknowledge his will. When we hear what the word says, thy will be done. I have had the experience of prayers that are said, if it be your will, O God. This is because pe people refuse to get in his word and learn what his will is, for the most part. I can't stress the importance of finding a translation you will read and read it. The enemy eats way too many Christians' lunch because of this. We must bind him up and cast him out. When we realize that it is him and our flesh that are hindering us, from doing what God has given us to do, hindering us from our God-given rights. It should put a righteous indignation mixed with righteous stubbornness to do what God has given us to do. You can also bind your flesh. Try it out. It works. You can bind it up, but you can't cast it out. Back to the subject at hand. Thy will be done. What is his will? He clearly states his divine will all throughout his word. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 through 16. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death 
and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest, to possess it. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Luke 12.32 Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is just to name a few. James 4.3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. All of his promises are his divine perfect will. They are yes and amen. What are his promises? Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Every miracle Jesus did on the earth was the Father's will. John six thirty eight through 40 for I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of the, him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. The next statement is, On earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom and will are to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything that happens in the natural on earth happens in the spirit realm, the heavenlies. How do I know this? Because of what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 18-20. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, That if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I spoke earlier of warfare and reading your Bible. Well, that was just one example. Miracles come out of warfare. Miracles are the Lord's freedom, His deliverance. Miracles 
or his perfect will. Matthew eleven twelve, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Ephesians six twelve, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus states in Luke eleven twenty one through 26 When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all of his armor, wherein he trusted, and divideth his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through the dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he go, then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So here Jesus tells us how to walk in victory. We are in a battle. The battle lies within our flesh, the world, and Satan. If you notice when Jesus went into the wilderness, Satan tried to attack him three times. His flesh, the world, and the devil. He tried to appeal to Jesus' flesh. Jesus was on a fast in prayer. At that moment, he didn't fight Satan on his terms, but with the word of God. He bound up his flesh and refused to let it have its way. Next, Satan thought he could appeal to Jesus' flesh by showing him the world. Again, he used the word of a God to address Satan. Then the next time, it was uno a mano, one-on-one. It came down to the Lord's name versus Satan's name. He was in a battle with the devil himself. Jesus never addressed Satan on his terms. He relied totally on the word of God. There was a battlefield. This battlefield belongs to the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. Never fight Satan on his turf. The battle is always to be taken to the Lord. Read Psalm 91 if you question this. Now when you bind your flesh, you can only call it into submission with the word of God found in your Bible. Also, you must fast. This is the best way to get it under submission. Why? So you can hear from the Lord. Why do we need to hear from the Lord? 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Our flesh wants nothing to do with taking up our cross and following Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. And it can get quite loud when you are binding it up. I know mine did. I even testified about it in, in an earlier lesson. The one on fasting. I was on a three-day fast. Three days. That shouldn't be a problem. 
It'll be fun, I said. My flesh did not agree with this idea at all, so much so that it rose up and spoke very loudly to me. In my sleep, as a matter of fact, I dreamed that I had been shot in the stomach. I was running around screaming for help while trying to hold my blood and guts in. When I awoke, I asked the Lord what that was all about. <laughs> I know, I'm already starting to laugh about it. It wasn't until I had gone to a morning prayer meeting. Keep in mind, it is 6 o'clock in the morning, so everyone is quiet. We are praying. Every now and then, someone would speak up in a low voice. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Your flesh is angry about this fast. It is shouting at you. You shot a hole in here. Let's fill it up. I could not contain myself. I broke out in laughter. I laughed so hard that my ribs hurt. No, I did not break my fast. That episode just made me more determined to finish it. I prayed even harder. And when my flesh would try to speak up about the hunger, I would command it in the name of Jesus to shut up. I would tell my flesh it was not getting its way today. Next, Satan came against Jesus using his influence in the world. You know, let's try and break the laws of physics. He is constantly using his influence in the world to cause us to slip and fall. You know, backslide. How do we overcome the world? Jesus states it right here in John 16, 30-33. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee, by this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have to stand on the word of God, completely trusting in him. We have to know his word in order to be able to stand against the enemy. Ephesians 6.13 Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. The next, battle, the next battle was for the name of the Lord. Jesus just stood on the word of the Lord and let his father fight that battle for him. We cannot fight him on his own turf. We have to have the law of God written on the tablets of our hearts. We have to know his word inside and out. In and of ourselves, we are no match for him. I tried to help my daughter understand this. The only defense we have is the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, him and his precious blood. That is our only defense. We must have faith in the only one who can save to the utmost. I don't know about you, but I am totally enjoying this lesson. Isn't it precious? He wants us to know him on such a personal level. 
He loves us so much that he left us a road map home, even left us an example of how to navigate back home to him. First Chronicles 29:11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. If we are willing to put our time into the will of him who has called us by name, we have access to all of his wonderful promises. So now we have another step of prayer, another way to pray, to acknowledge his kingdom, his will, and that we have the power to control our environment spiritually and physically. For those of you who have not experienced a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let me be the first one to introduce you to him. It is quite simple. His salvation is free. But the upkeep is what costs. What is the cost, you ask? A life totally devoted to him. That you are willing to deny your fleshly sinful desires in order to please him. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Ask Him for His forgiveness for all of your sins and call them out to Him. Thank Him for His forgiveness. Then forgive those who have sinned or transgressed against you. Then repent. Repent means to change your mind concerning sinful habits. Change your choice-making decisions. Let Him influence your choice-making decisions as you get in his holy word. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I want to pray this prayer with you, but this is just another outline. The real work begins after I pray with you. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's mighty name, amen. I sure hope you enjoyed this message today. I sure did. I hope you will keep tuning in as we continue this wonderful series on Lord Teach Us to Pray. What a wonderful, loving gift He has given us. Isn't He so wonderful? May you have a blessed week. Remember, I love you with the love of the Lord. But Jesus will always love you more. <laughs>